Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. Shachtan, an Indo Askelige. Lower and once you're in a Donaldson Lish and if I got shin I can near lower Jeffrey the the dinner be. Me head will in policy shock on Ian Modiana you never will start the curl Lish no budge book a shoot. Skilty, fis, turmi. Ni majigiri in drama honyal ama, tamajigiri majhen honyal esta. Shachtan, find us on all the usual podcast platforms. This is an Irish independent podcast. Today on the Indo Daily, the curious case of Corey Richens, the grief author charged with her husband's murder. In Utah, a dark tale of murder, bereavement, and a whole lot of money has everyone talking. Turn our attention now to Utah because there's a bizarre story making headlines. Corey Richens, a 33-year-old mum whose husband Eric died last year, has been charged with his murder. Investigators say she spiked her husband's drink with fentanyl and called police hours later to report that he was unresponsive. She's now facing drug and murder charges. Now, in a bizarre twist, the mother of three only recently appeared on American television to talk about her new grief book for children to cope with the loss of a loved one. My husband passed away unexpectedly last year. He was 39. It completely took us all by shock. But why is she now in the frame for the murder of her husband? So she had come on the show. She wrote in to us. Our executive producer then booked her. We do the interview. Well, the night of the interview, an email comes into the station that's totally anonymous, but it says, you know she killed her husband. I'm Siobhan McGuire and to hear more about this case from the allegations against Corey to Eric's death by a killer cocktail, I'm joined by Sunday Independent columnist Sarah Cadden. So Corey Richens appeared to be a grieving widow, but authorities say she was hiding a dark secret. And according to court documents, her husband warned his family prior to his death that if anything were to happen to him, she was to blame. Sarah, this case concerning Corey Richens has gained so much attention and raised so much speculation in recent weeks. Why? Corey Richens is a Utah woman who appeared on, I suppose, an equivalent of Good Morning or uh, This Morning in a called Good Things Utah in April. And she was there to talk about a book that she had self-published called Are You With Me? And this book was, she had written it to help her own three sons deal with their grief after the death of their father, Eric, last year. And the book is about how he would always be with them and that you never really lose someone uh, whom you love who has died. So you actually wrote this book with your children. I did. Mm -hmm. And it's only been a year. How did you process and say you go from processing death to I need to write a book and help others? You know, I just watched the struggle that my kids were going through. After that, 
Corey Richens was arrested for the murder of her husband about whom the book had been written and is now has a hearing this Friday uh, charged with his murder. It's like a major plot twist, isn't it, Sarah? So on the one hand, you have this woman, Corey, and she, her demeanour is one of a woman who is still grieving. And she's on this lifestyle show with the two female hosts and nobody expected her to be charged with murder. No. And, you know, you, now that she is being charged with murder, you have to wonder why somebody would A, write the book and B, go on TV to promote it and really draw attention to the death that she's now being accused of being responsible for. Um, but that's all all seems to be part of what the more you find out about it, the more tangled it all appears. So on the surface, a lovely Utah family um, and beneath the surface, there seems to have been money going missing insurance uh, policies being changed, a husband who told his family, if anything happens to me, you'll know it was her. And also a a death whereby, you know, the cause of Eric Richen's death has been said to have been caused by a massive overdose of fentanyl, which anyone would know if you die in your home, there will be an autopsy. And if there is a massive dose of fentanyl in their system, it will be found. And if we go right back then to the timeline that we now know, because it's out there in the American press, and we know that American court cases can be talked about in far greater detail than our own here, um, Sarah, we wouldn't be able to discuss the level of um, knowledge that we have about the family in the run up to Eric's death and indeed the murder charge, uh, as they can do stateside. So January 2022, Eric is um, has made changes to his will. Is that right? Or, or what has happened? He's decided that he's a little bit suspicious of his wife. Yes. I have, so it has been alleged. And as you've said, they can say an awful lot more in the States than we can here. So there is a, quite a lot of detail about allegations of his wife stealing hundreds of thousands of dollars from him, stealing checks essentially for her own benefit, running up tens of thousands of debt in on credit cards none of which he had either given, you know, the green light to or knew about, but was discovering that this was going on. She was involved in flipping properties and it sounds like she was doing quite well, but it has been alleged that there was a major disagreement between them over a $2 million property, which seems to have been quite a scaling up of her business, that she wanted to buy this and flip it and he doesn't seem to have wanted to to get involved in that partly possibly because you know he he had said to people he was suspicious of her you know she thought he thought she she wanted rid of him he seems to have changed his will yes to to benefit his his family rather than his wife and before his death um it has been alleged that she tried to change an insurance policy he had, which was a business insurance policy, whereby his business partner in the construction business he had would be the beneficiary of that policy if he died. She tried to change it so that she would be the beneficiary. But Eric Richens apparently discovered this and changed it back again. So this money seems to have been really behind a lot of what was going on in this story. According to the search warrant, in January of 2022, Corey had changed Eric's life insurance policy, making her the sole beneficiary. 
But when the insurance company notified her husband of the change, he removed his wife from the policy and his will and was looking to get a divorce. It would seem that 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 Corey wanted this money for herself. So she went to quite dramatic lengths to get rid of her husband. Now, you know, poison, it has often been said, is the kind of option of choice often when women murder because it's, you know, there's no actual physical violence involved. There's no need to overpower someone who might be bigger than you. And it's kind of sometimes you can get away with it because it may not show up as poison. Fentanyl not, not is not one that you can disguise. Fentanyl is one of those drugs that you hear about more and more um, in America and indeed elsewhere in the world, Sarah, because it is apparently very easy to get hold of, but can do a hell of a lot of damage if taken in the wrong dosage. Well, it seems that he had something like five times the amount of fentanyl that that would cause an overdose. By all accounts, you don't need to take very much fentanyl to to overdose from it, particularly if you have no kind of, you know, you're not a habitual user of any kind of opioids. Um, And it does seem that Eric Richens was not a, a drug user. So what has been said uh, in in the charges against her and in the, the kind of book of evidence against her is that Corey Richens had made three attempts to procure uh, illegal drugs, presumably to, to kill her husband. There are three charges against her of um, possession of drugs with intent to distribute. So early in 2020, she contacted an unidentified person and she asked for um, hydrocodone, an opioid, and she bought some from him. He left it at a house that she had. She was in the process of flipping and she um, came back to him then, I think less than a month later, and was looking for, as has been stated what uh, some of the Michael Jackson stuff. She wanted fentanyl, even though fentanyl wasn't what killed Michael Jackson, but that certainly was how she framed it. And it's even that's a kind of oddly grandiose sort of, um, you know, way of coming at it. You can't just come out of the blue and argue that he overdosed on fentanyl because he was buying illegal drugs off the street. There'd have to be some, you know, some sense that they maybe used recreational drugs together, that they had gone out and bought drugs together. Because the other problem they have here, Joseph, is that the guy who allegedly sold her the drugs, apparently she's out on the street looking for fentanyl. A guy ends up selling it to her. Well, the cops got him, too, and they have him on record as saying, yep, I sold her fentanyl. So she got this fentanyl, 15 to 30 um, pills of it apparently cost her $900 and uh, soon after that it was Valentine's Day and apparently Eric Richens ate a sandwich that his wife had made him as maybe a gesture a romantic gesture and he immediately felt very ill so it seems that there was an EpiPen in the house that belonged to one of their three sons. So somebody in the house obviously had some issue around like an anaphylactic shock reaction to something. And he had the presence of mind to use the EpiPen and to take antihistamines immediately Um went unconscious. He had broken out in hives as well as feeling ill. So he, you know, he was aware that this was some kind of reaction. And when he came to, he contacted his business partner and said something, you know, something weird's going on here. So um, a couple of weeks later, 
Corey Richens approached the individual again from whom she'd got the drugs and said she wanted another $900 of fentanyl. So in early March um, of 2022, Eric Richens, his wife says, uh, the, the two of them were celebrating the fact that she had flipped a house. And by way of celebration, she had brought him a Moscow Mule drink in in bed. He sat up in his bed and drank it, she says. And she, while she went to sleep in one of the children's bedrooms because one of the children was having a bad dream. And at three o'clock in the morning or so, she woke up and thought to go back to her own bed where, where Corey Richards says she found her husband, Eric, cold to the touch. So this is where her story kind of seems to fall apart a bit in that she said she was giving him CPR, but that when the emergency responders arrived, they said that, that was really unlikely. There was an awful lot of blood coming from his mouth. She said that she had plugged in her phone going to bed and really hadn't gone near it yet until she, again until she phoned 911. But, you know, there's evidence now that the phone was activated and deactivated and that text messages were sent that she later deleted. So there were all little pieces of of the story that didn't add up. But as we've discussed, of course, there was going to be an autopsy. Of course, there would be a toxicology report and the fentanyl showed up in in Eric Richens' system. An autopsy showed that and, and that is something that uh, clearly somebody killed him. I mean, you're not going to think that somebody's going to take five times the dose of fentanyl and die as a result of that overdose. It just doesn't feel right. And in this age of oversharing on social media, Sarah, you have in the run up to these horrific events and the subsequent allegations against Corey, um, you have this picture-perfect family, as you mentioned earlier. They're living in this part of Utah called uh, Summit County, which is a lovely little mountainous town. Um, they have a massive house. Um, they seem to have it all. They have the three kids. They're Instagram ready. All these beautiful photos flashing up now on newsreels in the States. Nobody would suspect um, such a gorgeous-looking couple to be in, in danger of hurting one another, I guess. I think the fact that it happened in Utah is part of that fascination with it because Utah uh, is so identified with um, the Mormons and their kind of uh, family values, you know, often very well healed and, as you say, beautiful houses and, you know, picture perfect. Um, but always, you know, people regard you know, that opinion of Mormons within the United States would be that it, they're living a slightly different life to everybody else. And so I think when something kind of salacious like this happens involving drugs and and money and all that, it's, it's, it's kind of extra, has an extra edge to it. They were quite a young couple. She was on, she's only in her early 30s. Apparently they met. Uh, he had been widowed. His wife had died in a car crash. They met in a kind of American equivalent of Woody's where Corey Richens was working and he was this building contractor who seems to have had a few quid and they fell in love, had three sons, had, as you say, a very nice life and she seemed to be doing quite well in her business of flipping houses. But maybe it all speaks of it not being enough for her, even that, 
you know, if Corey Richens killed her husband and, you know, was that not a full stop to it? Instead, she went on further sort of courting attention with writing the book and then apparently contacted the TV station herself to say, I've written this book. We've had we have a tragic story. I want to come on and tell everybody about it again, drawing even more attention to herself. Yeah, she's only 33 at the moment. Eric was only 39 when he died. She does reach out to this local Utah lifestyle show and she she tells them I've written this book to help my kids. We've been through a terrible time. So, of course, if you're you're booking guests, you're going to think, well, this is perfect. You know, people people need to hear this and it might be helpful for children who've suffered loss in their life. There'd be no reason you would suspect anything different at that point. No, I had no spidey senses. And I agree, people show and express in different ways. And that's not the first guest we've had sit down and talk about something that's hard or painful or loss. And some people get misty eyed. Some people come in a little more prepared for it and they can power through and be composed. I did clock that, that she wasn't necessarily emotional. If she is guilty of what she has been accused of, there's no rational thinking here. I mean, she even said while she was on the TV show that she had some sequels planned and, you know, to the book and the, the, the second book, she already had a title. It was going to be called Mom, How Far Is Heaven, which, you know, interestingly, even positions her in the title herself as the kind of starring role. There is something very unsettling about the whole thing. It's like... I. I even think that going on TV is like that kind of Agatha Christie, the murderer will always return to the scene of the crime. It's like she can't leave it alone. It's a mother who says she's grieving and wrote a book to help her children grieve. And you do the interview with that in mind and that way with compassion. And then you hear weeks later that she's been arrested for murder. And there was definitely a hush that came over our offices at, at Good Things Utah. You mentioned a couple of aspects about the book. And um, when she was speaking on this show, she said it's based on three concepts, connection, continuity and care. The connection part, keeping the person's spirit alive who has passed, continuity, keeping same routines and schedules and the care is affirming their feelings, understanding if a child is mad, sad, lonely and knows they can talk about those feelings. But you reminded me earlier, Sarah, that there's a very interesting aspect to the book in that the illustrations are that of Eric. Yeah. So, you know, if this is all true, if this woman really did all of this, why is she keeping him so live and large? Not just in her, I mean, in her poor children's lives, but, you know, in everybody's imagination. The the cover illustration of the book is a child running and open a cloud behind him. There's like a man peering over the cloud and it does weirdly look like the child is running away from some kind of stranger danger. It's a, it's not a very, I wouldn't call it a very comforting image. It's it's much more that you feel, what you know, what is going on here? What is what's that man doing? Um, but so you know, you have to question again why it's almost like it is almost like a person who wanted to be caught. I will tell you, based on experience, extremely common that when one spouse kills the other they tend to leave a fairly easy trail for law enforcement to follow. 
So, Sarah, you mentioned earlier that there is a, a detention hearing this Friday, and I presume that means whether she gets out on bail or not ahead of a, a murder trial. But are we any closer to understanding whether there were actual motives now, be it financial or indeed uh, was Corey having an affair? The family have taken guardianship of the kids. There has been a suggestion that she, he believed she was having an affair. But really, if it is proven that she had stolen money from him, had run up all these debts, that she had tried to change the business insurance policy. It would seem that money was massively motivating and his business would seem to have been quite lucrative and she may have thought that in his uh, in the situation of his death, she would benefit from that. Though this seems unlikely now. Um, as we said, he did change, seems to have changed his will to make his sister his beneficiary. Um, but before all this happened, Corey was legally pursuing a case that to overturn that and to benefit from their $3.6 million home and from his business and from various other assets. But there is a law in um, Utah called the Slayer Statute, whereby someone can't um, profit from proceeds of their of their crime related to their crime. And if that's the case, then really she's not going to get anything, including the profits from the book, which she wrote about his death. There is a great chance certainly if she's proven guilty, that she really loses absolutely everything, including her children who would seem now to be in the custody of his family. And the book, in fact, um, really only took off and became a bestseller after this case exploded. It's now been uh, taken off sale by Amazon. But before that happened, it, that book was fast becoming a bestseller for Corey Richens, but she may never see a penny of that. And my thanks to Sunday Independent columnist Sarah Cadden for joining me today. I'm Siobhan McGuire and today's episode of the Indo Daily was produced and researched by myself with sound by Gavin Hennessy. Archive clips from ABC4 Utah, WVSA9, News Nation, Court TV, ABC News, KVTV2 News, The Good Things Utah Show, KTVX and independent.ie. If you enjoy the Indo Daily, don't forget to like, follow, and leave us a review.